Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where the personal, professional, and political intersect. Each week, we discuss a topic to help ourselves and other lawyers navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we talk about rules. We're asking ourselves, when is it okay and maybe advisable for lawyers to blaze a new trail? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Good morning. It's so, it's a beautiful day. I'm so excited for this discussion. Hot. It's a hot, hot day. <laughs> it's sunny. For I, I mentioned it a few times, but I record this podcast when we're remote. Uh, I record in my attic, uh, which gets a bit toasty in the summertime. So if you hear some birds chirping, it's because I have my window open. Okay, that's fair. It adds some nice, nice nature to our podcast. Oprah does it. Have you listened to Oprah's podcast? She's always outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like in Maui on her sprawling property, talking yeah. to. I, I feel like they sit in lawn chairs under a big tree or something when they do their podcast. I mean, that's what I picture for sure. What What else would Oprah? She probably has like a great lemonade. Don't yeah. you think she would have the best lemonade in the world? <laughs> she would. I'm pretty sure she would have the best everything in the world. That's kind of her thing. She has. I, I saw a late night interview with her. I think it was Trevor Noah, uh, and he asked about like, does does she have any like normal people problems and stuff? Uh, and in that, she mentioned because they talk about toilet paper as an example, and she mentioned that her people who service her home uh, do the hotel thing where they fold the triangle when there's a new roll of toilet paper on. Imagine mm. that being your life. That, that's the finest of luxuries. It's far from my current life. Um, but anyway, that's good. I feel Oprah, I feel no, uh, I feel that that's awesome because she's gotten there through her Oprah-ness, which is very in keeping with today's topic. That's right. It always comes back to the topic, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Rules. Oprah broke the rules. Today, we're going to talk about rules. Um, To begin, uh, the wise Darlene, what do we mean by rules? Well, the reason for this topic, I mean, there are lots of, I mean, lawyers as a whole, we're dealing with rules pretty much, uh, I would say not the whole day, but certainly a portion of each day. And we're, we're known for our ability to interpret rules to apply them in a situation, to tell clients what the rules are. And what I've noticed is that sometimes we we take that approach, which is a work-related approach, and we apply it in our personal life to, to our own detriment. And so okay. in this case, I'm talking about applying rules, also following the rules. I think a lot of us got to law school because we followed the rules. And as I see my, um, you know, my son and starting his school journey, there are a lot of rules, you know, sit still, um, listen to your teacher, care about getting good marks later. I mean, this doesn't apply to him yet, but, you know, these are just kind of rules that I very much bought into. And I think a lot of people who went to law school bought into them. So I think that what would be interesting to discuss on this podcast is, is that a good thing? Like, can we lawyers make good out of that or does it harm us? Right. And I, you know, we're obviously when we talk about rules, there are obviously some standards and laws and and others that things that are non-negotiable, right? There's things that inevitably we will always follow because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are there are non-negotiable things, and then there's some things more in the middle. And and on the note of uh, being a kid and and liking rules, um, my friends to this day, these are my friends from like junior high and high school. 
make fun of me. Um, it was the first time we ever went to like my parents' cottage without my parents up there. I think we were like 16 or 17. And they think, and I still don't know if this is true, but they say it's true, that like the second we got in the door, I sat them all down and literally like read from a, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a list of like a dozen rules that I, I don't know. You had made? Apparent. That's what they say. I, I think that it probably I, my memory is a bit different it's maybe somewhere in the middle but i felt like my dad gave me something that like was like here's how you do stuff um and i might have read that but anyway i think that i have been inclined to uh embrace rules follow rules promote rules for uh, a good portion of my life so I'm, I'm a rules person i think we have to at this point refer listeners to the sheriff complex episode in which yeah. you outlined <laughs> continuing need to enforce rules in the hockey context. And I'm it just as a matter of update, because I know that so many people are worried about my hockey playing uh, uh, customs. Um, but let me say this. This summer, summer hockey, it might just be that it's summer, but I am a cool, cool as a cucumber out there now. Just a cool customer. I am not agitated any longer. I feel like a new leaf has been turned on oh my, my gosh. league playing uh, and does your team thank the Lawyer Life Pod for all of its? No, uh, no. <laughs> you know, oddly, it doesn't come up often in a hockey. <laughs> That's so uh, odd. Dressing room. Hey, you guys, listen to my newest podcast. <laughs> We're talking about the rules. <laughs> Do you think that sometimes it's good to break the rules, guys? <laughs> right? I think that's a winning strategy. No, what to? Let's get out there and have a good time, everybody. <laughs> Do your yeah. teammates. Anyway, so I, the funny thing about rules to take the opposite, I was very much the kid who I, and I think this might be true of a lot of lawyers, tell me the system and I will learn how to work within the system. You know, like if someone says to me, here are the important things you have to do, I will do those things. But I will also get to the point where I question whether I could achieve the same thing without doing those things. And one of the things that was a turning point for me are the experiences um, my friends and I did an exchange in our last year of law school to Singapore. So I did my last semester of law school at the National University of Singapore. And we lived in this country that has very different legal system. And we learned a lot about rules-based <laughs> cultures. Um, and I didn't actually realize that I was a rules questioner until I lived in Singapore, where that was a very debilitating way to be. <laughs> because in Singapore, you wake up in the morning, and there are many, 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 many rules to comply with. I mean, if you're in the wrong line at the bank, and you stood there for an hour, it's too bad. That's the wrong line. Like there's no negotiating your way to get the result. Whereas in North America, pretty much we can, you know, you find a way to do things. Um, sometimes if you make a mistake, but in Singapore, you know, there's very little room for error that way. And people are very rules driven. And I learned from living there for five months that I did not, I was not as rules driven as I thought I was. And I've applied that since and just kind of, I'm very wary of rules without questioning. I think they can be dangerous and particularly in your personal life. Okay. Sometimes following the rules can be good for us. Sometimes as you know, young Darlene learned, uh, it can be, you know, a hurdle or an impediment. So are, are the stories true about, you know, following the rules gets you further than not, do you think? 
Well, I think they get you to a predictable place. Here's my theory, and you may have a different theory. I would be interested to hear. Um, my theory is, I think if you follow all the rules, you will avoid some of the worst things, right? So you'll avoid some bad fates. Yeah. Um, you will predictably end up somewhere where you can support yourself and probably um, be healthy and uh, you know, like I'll get into some specifics, but I think that the following the rules gets you to a middling and predictable level of success. And when I say middling, I'm kind of putting everyone in the mix from like, um, you know, Oprah, let's put her on the far successful end of the spectrum and then someone on the, the non-successful end of the spectrum. So in there, in the middle, I would say you can get to a level of success that allows you to provide for your family and um, be pretty happy by following the rules. But I think where I'm kind of interested is how do people get to that stratospheric level of success, like an Oprah, like a, I don't know, who who would you put in that? Kawhi Leonard, perhaps, in the recent Raptors episode that we did? Anyone else that yeah, you'd put I like top I of Athletes, I feel like, are might be an exception. Because I they think- They do the follow mo- the rules. Yeah. Hmm. On the court and off the court. Like, it's it's all discipline. Like, that's all just like, give me the- it, normally, it, 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 athletes are the best ones are the are the ones that are most uh, predictable, the ones that are, have the best systems, that have the best practices, have the best routines. Um, I feel like it's a very like rules and process based space. Anyway, I think that would be discipline as opposed to if the rule was they should be focusing all like, for example, the rule that I was taught. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us lawyers were taught school is the most important everything else is a hobby. Focus on school, get the A's, you know, get the career, then you can kind of decide what you're going to do with that. Get check the boxes, you know, achieve the things. And then you can get to this career that that gives you flexibility. I think if you're a professional athlete or a professional musician, early in life, you have to kind of throw that out and have the confidence and, and some people throw it out and don't become a professional athlete, right? Like that's definitely the, um, the downside of this approach. But I mean, there are people who just say, okay, I'm not going to be great at school. I'm going to spend all my time playing basketball. And for some, that's like, there would be a couple of years there where people are thinking, oh, they're not serious about their studies. And, you know, I think it, it pays off later, but I wouldn't say that they're following a rule. Like if you're 10 and all you want to do is play basketball, you don't do your homework, you probably have some social strife or family strife related to that. Don't you think? Well, yeah. And it's probably a really good example of uh, the risks that come along with not following the rules because the percentage of people that become millionaire basketball or hockey players or whatever is is, is absolutely tiny versus like, yes. a, you know, a, there'd be a long road of people who, uh, you know, might be decent in my men's league, but have no uh, high school education. You know, that is a, you know, that's a tougher life to lead. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the rules. The, here's an example. Um, like I owe a lot. I feel like I owe a lot to following the rules. And and for you know uh, many of our listeners, I think you can relate to this. The the example of um, being a law student and getting a job, right? So I was the uh, uh, like helped create this social justice caucus at the University of Ottawa, and and everybody that was in that caucus with me, professors and students alike we're interested in social justice. We all, you know, we're, we're passionate about certain causes, but all aligned in this thing. And we would meet and try to promote social justice within the faculty. Great. Uh, then jobs 
season comes up and I go into the traditional path because I needed to have some certainty about income and about, you know, the sort of training I was going to get as I was in law school. So I went through the traditional, you know, firm path interviews and so on, you know, summered at a major firm, articled at a major firm. A lot of my friends on the caucus were very passionate, for example, about refugee law and have a great friend who's practicing refugee law now. She was so, so new that that's what she wanted to do, uh, that she was okay with, you know, not following the quote unquote rule that it's that, you know, you go major firm route mm-hmm. and found her own articling job. It took her longer and it, there was more stress, but inevitably, you know, she did not follow that rule and wow, it, you know, it, it paid off well for her, but I did follow the rule, so to speak path and am very happy with where I am now. And I also got the certainty I needed when I needed it. So um, perhaps that's an example of, of how both things can work. And it's really about what your circumstances and what you can bear at the time and so on. Well, very important point too, is that some people are blessed with this early certainty, right? I think that's a yeah. blessing. I don't think it's a, I don't think we should idealize that everyone has that. I mean, I I did not have early certainty. I have, I have fumbled my way into, um, certainty by just continuously trying to orient myself to something I'm enjoying. And each time I do it, I sort of find something I enjoy and it, it teaches me what my, you know, best use of my skills is. Um, because as every, everyone knows who listens to this podcast, I think we're better when we're working in alignment with what we want to do and what we enjoy doing and what we're good at naturally. And I think it's, you can be good at lots of things, but it's just a lot, it's harder. It's a heavier lift to be good at things if you don't have a natural interest. So with your friend who knew from an early um, stage that she wanted to do refugee law, that's great. And actually a lot of people who don't follow the rules have that certainty, right? Like it's easier to yeah. just pick a different path if you know in your heart, this is how it's going to be. So I think maybe we're, we're identifying two camps. There's the rules. There's the Mike Anderson rules camp. No fun at the cottage. No fun at the cottage. <laughs> no fun. There are several rules. <laughs> there is a 930 bedtime. Everybody oh go to God. sleep. I would kill to have been a fly on the wall at that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was recorded and lived on. Um, oh anyway, I think that the other camp is this I think where it takes real courage to not follow the rules is where you're not sure, you know, like where you, I mean, it it does also take courage to follow the rules when you are sure or not follow the rules and sort of say, this is my playbook. I know nobody else has this one, but I know so intensely that this is what I need to do. Great. I think we idealize that type of path though too much because I don't think that many people are that certain. I just don't. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's a great thing when it happens. And I think some of the most successful people out there are that certain. But I also think that in my own life, just sort of giving myself the freedom to do what I needed to do, even if nobody thought it was a good idea, has been good for me. You know, would I write a book and say, this is how it should be done? No, (laughs) I would not do that. But I would say for each person, I have a very high um, belief that people each have their own way to get to where they need to go. That's all. And so I think that when you have a rule, a rule is sort of for everybody and it's one size fits all. And it can, it can, you know, confine people into a certain way of being. And unless you question it and say, does this rule work for me? Then maybe you're in the wrong life a little bit. I mean, that's maybe a bit, bit too harsh, but that's 
kind of can feel that way for people. I've, I've actually heard it described that way. I've heard fish out of water, um, mm-hmm. living someone else's life. Um, you know, my favorite Steve Jobs quote that I put everywhere is just like, don't waste your life living someone else's dream. That's a big one. I think that's a big one for especially first generation university um, or first generation lawyers. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for figuring out what you want to do. And I just I think we spend a lot of time following the rules and then we just don't question them that often. And the thing about questioning the rules is that's like that's a first step, right? Because uh, for many folks, you know, the the rule abiders uh, like myself, uh, oftentimes uh, it's so assumed that you do the standard thing that uh, looking outside the standard is actually an active step, right? Um, and so um, it, in the profession, I, you know, the default standard rule is that you go to school, you get your job at this great firm and you make a bunch of money bang you know that's it you did it that's the that's the life of a lawyer and you're just going to work super hard and a lot of hours for a long time uh but you're going to be able to buy a boat and <laughs> isn't that great um the to actually step uh, to to start to break the rule you first have to analyze that uh and so in, in that example is there other ways to be a lawyer um uh, but not necessarily have to dedicate so many hours or so much of your energy and incur the stress and anxiety, right? That's the first step uh, in in that instance to start to look outside uh, and maybe start to break that rule or break that standard. Um, and only then can you start to see the benefits and drawbacks and make an informed decision uh, about what is best for your individual circumstance. Fair? I think so. Yeah, I think that is fair. You and your summary. Now, that but that sounds very calculated. Um, folks who are who we look at as successful, and I, and I'll qualify success as you know very much seem like they are in the exact situation they should be in, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, you talked about Oprah. I know that you're the biggest Dave Grohl fan in the history of the world. Um, I, I might you know, be. These people, it's hard to picture. <laughs> Knowing Dave Grohl as you know we notionally do, it's hard to picture him anywhere other than being the Nirvana drummer, the Foo Fighters lead man, and whatever else he's doing. That's so in him. So success. That being success. So when you look at successful people, uh, you know maybe they made this calculation. Maybe they just maybe they followed a passion. Maybe they just made one decision one day that led to another one that led to another one that put them in this rule breaking high risk scenario that led to them finding that unique spot where they are. Um, Maybe. Inevitably, the risk is is always present there, mm-hmm. right? There will always be risk to not following the standard or not following the rule. Well, here's an interesting twist. Since you brought up Dave Grohl, and when someone does that, I'm incapable of not following that path <laughs> to talk about Dave Grohl and rock music. This answer will be ever long. This, oh my God. Good one. <laughs> It's times oh. like these I need to talk about Dave Grohl. Oh, oh. oh Groner. Edit that, please. Anyway, um, no. I think an interesting idea here that this Dave Grohl reference raises is that I recently saw him interviewed by or interviewing his mom who wrote a book. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but yeah. um, his mom wrote a book where she interviews the mothers of rock stars and tries to identify some of the reasons why they all became the way that they were. Dr. Dre, Michael Stipe, Getty Lee, etc. Great book. And in the interview, 
um, she mentioned that Dave Grohl, like she was a teacher at the high school where Dave Grohl went and dropped out because he was going to go on tour with his band. And she said in the interview, that was okay. I was fine with that because let's face it, school was never going to work out for Dave. Right. And I took from that, I thought, you know, that's a very interesting comment because he had no identity at all wrapped up with being a smart kid who was like leaving his future behind, right? Like he didn't have that. And I think that where um, I wrote a blog post recently about the role of ego in, in lawyer uh, lawyering and some of the, some of the stuff that plagues our profession. And I think part of it is that we all left our sort of primary school with this identity based on being, you know, academic and successful. And I do think that's a little bit harder to dial back from. Like, just because you're smart doesn't mean you need to be a lawyer, actually. You know, there are lots of smart people who do lots of smart things. Um, And intelligence can be used in so many ways. I think think people now are a little bit more um, alive to that possibility. But certainly when when I went through high school, there were a, a, just a set of jobs that you did if you were the smart kid. And I think it was, it would have been harder for me to pedal back from that and be like, no, no, I'm, I'm a rock star now. I mean, for me, that was not a possibility. But if you had some other talent, the, if you've got something going on at school, the pressure when you're good at school, there are just so many things that mobilize when that happens. Um, I don't know. I think it makes it a, a different thing. So it's almost like a form of freedom to just commit to what you're good at and, not be held back by, oh, I've got all these other things I should do, you know? You you know, you're saying that intelligent people can do so many different things. I have that sense about Drake. Don't you feel like Drake could be literally anything? I feel like he could one day decide to do, he could decide to become a lawyer and he would be a great lawyer. He just seems like a Hmm. person that's infinitely capable and intelligent. Anyway. um, I don't. I agree. And actually, so many of the people that I've met in the entertainment industry or that I have come into contact with, they are these sort of, if the word that I sometimes think of is like polymath, I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's just this person who's good at a lot of different things and they just apply them and they're not afraid to apply them. You know, they just do a lot of them and then they, they try things and they're just, they have the confidence that if it doesn't work out, you know, eh, they'll do something else. I, that's how I feel about Drake. I think that's his main thing. He puts stuff out there. He tries it. He he weathers the criticism. He moves through it. He's not affected by it. I mean, there's a lot that I think he he brings to the table. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I suppose being in a creative field, there's less rules, right? There's less standards. So it's that is your existence is just making stuff and seeing what hits. And, you know, even for a, a guy like Drake, success, going to, like he is what? You know, he'll release an album and he releases long albums often, but, you know, three hits is a is huge. That's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a bunch of songs on there that, that only like, you know, diehard fans listen to often. And that's just the way it goes. And that's great. And that's, you know, part of creativity. Whereas, you know, if every, you know, if every 20 negotiations we had, <laughs> you only had three good ones, um, that would be tougher. So there's there's a lot of freedom in, uh, in standards and rules, I think, in those professions. Um, but this is a this is a great talk. So, what are we encouraging uh, folks to think about as 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 they leave this chat? Well, I think it ties into some of the topics we've spoken about before on the podcast. But I do think that the question for me and I, what I have found helpful in some of the reshaping that I've done in my own career is just to if I'm following a rule, I like just be aware. Don't you think of just 
I'm following a rule right now. You know, is that rule true? Is this story true for me? Um, is mm -hmm. it true that the only place that successful people work is in this type of place? Is it true that, you know, because I really enjoy my job as an in-house lawyer that I need to be here till I retire? You know, is it true? Like, you know, it's interesting once you start sort of asking yourself these questions, for some people it is, you know, and I think it's it's also good to answer in the affirmative. But that just means that they have the luxury of not having to break rules to find their success point, right? Like they're Dave, yes. Grohl, they're, they're Dave Grohl, but, but they happen to find their place by following the rules, or at least they have done that. So they don't have to continue to break rules if they had to, to get there. Yes. And actually, that's such an important point, because I, I do think you see people and you're like, but they are so great. And they're so happy in that role. Yes, because they're supposed to be doing that, or it's natural for them, or, or they just don't question anything. I mean, th there's that too. Um, or they don't have the flexibility to do something different, or, you know, you never know. This is why I spend so little time looking at what other people are doing, because you don't know. You don't know why they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Very deep. We're very deep today on the on the Lori Life podcast, except for our Foo Fighters puns. I don't know. Uh, there, there's some, there's deep. a very deep intellect that goes into developing a good pun. <laughs> I, have I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree. Okay. Well, great. So uh, everybody take a look around the world for rules that uh, you encounter. And if you ever visit my cottage... <laughs> If it's yellow, let it mellow. All right. Thanks. Oh my God. We'll, we'll be back after this. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interaliolaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back after that flashy new ad uh, with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support. Gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene. As we sit here, my good is that I have been looking, so for many years, there was a vacant bank building near my house. And I have been, I was staring at it being like, Starbucks, Starbucks. <laughs> I really wanted it to turn into a really great coffee shop. They love those vacant banks. That's a chief Starbucks. That's like a real estate get that they always get. So I thought there, in fact, was not a Starbucks built in the place that I was directing wow. my Spidey vibes wow. at. It was a, it's a pizza, great pizza restaurant, which actually I like even more. Okay. Um, okay. But today, a Starbucks opened on my street that is a wow. two minute walk from my house. So my budget needs to be adjusted for my fancy coffee drinks this summer. But I'm so thrilled about it. When you work from home, these types of things are very exciting. <laughs> what a time <laughs> to be alive, wait, darling. What a time and what a day. What a happy Friday. Um, we once went to a great coffee shop like a great coffee shop in Buffalo. And this is all going to talk about local coffee. We get there, they pour us a coffee. We're like, this is great coffee. And we're like, Where, who roasted this coffee per chance? It was the coffee shop that's a two minute walk from my house here. Wow. Yes, you're much more of a coffee connoisseur. I had I aspired mm. to be like that. Had a cool independent coffee shop opened on my street, I would also have been excited about that. But it's yeah. really the proximity to the caffeine that I'm I'm happy about. Okay, okay. 
you go. Do you have a good? My good is uh, on the on the subject of rules. Uh, and I just want to prop up customs, like things that are that are uh, things you do. Um, maybe this is counter. And maybe this is me just saying I like my rules person and I want to say that that's good. <laughs> yes. But there's just things you do that are not black and white that you do because it's the right thing to be done or it's the thing that uh, that should be done. Um, and there's a couple examples of this in politics, but I want to talk about two others. Number one, it's a it's a custom that sports teams, maybe this is a grape. This is a good and a grape. I'm just going to get a little right here now. It's a custom that sports teams try to win, right? The, the unwritten rule is that this, the fans will support the team if the team tries to win, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the whole goal. Teams are no longer trying to win anymore in many professional sports, especially baseball. They're like intentionally being bad uh, either to replenish and like get a bunch of young um, players and try to start again or just because it you can actually still make a lot of money by not and not be a good baseball team. That's breaking a custom and I, and I don't like that. And then as well, there's a great episode on a podcast called Reply All um, about um, how a uh, tax company in the US like a uh, 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 you know, they have a platform where you can file your taxes. Um, they're breaking the custom of customer service of like when, when somebody comes to you for a service, you make it easy and pleasurable for them to engage in your service. This is them making it really hard to find a service they're looking for. So they wind up spending more money and that's breaking a custom. And, and, you know, while they might be able to get away with it, um, it's something that I am griping about. Sometimes customs are really good and important there. My rent is done. A good grape. Yeah. Good slash grape. Okay. Yeah. A goody grapey. Okay. We call that a goody grapey. I have a grape and yeah. I'll stay away from more weighty grapes that could be griped about today that we both know could be griped about. And I will stick with something kind of interesting as a grape. I was listening to a podcast called Recode Decode. Do you know this podcast? Nope. It's a Silicon Valley journalist, and she talks with a, a bunch of sort of uh, tech titans and comments on issues that are coming up. And she spoke, there was a podcast where she speaks to um, the CEO of Basecamp, which is a sort of early type of Slack. I'm, I'm probably not doing it justice, but um, project management, internal communications type of software. And they've run profitably for 20 years and didn't have a lot of venture financing. Anyway, that's an interesting story that he tells and very different from the usual one that you hear about Silicon Valley. But in the podcast, he talks about how he thinks that the phone, like iPhones and the different, I don't have an Android phone, so I don't know if it exists on other, on Android phones, but on iPhone, it tells you what your screen time is, like it tracks it. And you can see every week, hey, you spent this much time on your screen daily. Okay. Average. Okay. Do you have that on an Android phone? I know that you, I, I, I think I, it's not built in. I think you can okay. it's like enable it or get an app or something. Yeah. Anyway, his point on this podcast was that he thinks that the reason that these companies are doing that is because in 10 years, screen time is going to be sort of the new tobacco. And the question is going to be, what did these companies do to make people more addicted to their screens? And what did they do yeah. to build awareness about it? Very interesting perspective, um, because I do think it's very detrimental, and I don't think we yet know what the impact is. So I'm personally horrified at my screen time (laughs) since I've noticed, uh, since I've started doing the notifications. I mean, I am virtual counsel, so I do spend a lot of time in transit on my phone, but still, I mean, wow. Anyway, 
That's my grape. <laughs> and then I'm also going to grape as in an adjacent grape adjacent is my own screen time, which I hope to improve okay. over the summer. Fair. Anyway, thank you for the chat. You too. Enjoy the long weekend. Happy Canada Day to all of our listeners in Canada. What a glorious time it is to celebrate. It is. How are you celebrating? I'll be at my parents' house slash... Well, the, the very cottage that I made all these rules about. Okay. You should update those rules. You could amend um, them. You could make a 2019 amended and updated. I'll read, I'll read them to my toddler daughter and my uh, six-week-old son. <laughs> Life jackets near the pool for all children, number one, or near the lake. Um, yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm going to try to go see the Rolling Stones tomorrow. They're playing oh, yeah, yeah, their yeah, only yeah, Canadian yeah. show. Speaking of rules. Mm-hmm. Yes, these guys. It's going to be good. Of clear bags. Man, lots of lots of rules. Lots but of rules. You know what? There's a lot of unsafe stuff that happens at these huge shows. So I think yes. it's uh, it's very proactive of them. So it's great. Yeah. That's the that's the plan. So I'm hoping to make that happen. We shall see. Cool. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Interalia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.